Welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew, and these two fine gentlemen in front of us can introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Uh, once again, you know, Calvin McGowan, always good to be here. And the Nets still can't play defense. We'll talk about that later, though. Okay, what's up? My name is Philip Dixon, a.k.a. Phil Nasty, and uh, happy Black History Month. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that felt like two different moods right there, like in the same really did. <laughs> I'm going to get me, I'm showing my whole, uh, you know, uh, range, you feel me? Awesome, I'm going to That range is mad close to the screen, by the way. <laughs> Oh, I'm bad. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> but okay, let's go ahead and get to the Nets, who they they lost to the Wizards, right? On yes, the they did. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not necessarily worried about, but Calvin, you seem to be worried about the fact that if they had 147 and 146 points respectively. Uh, 146 and 149. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. yeah. I looked at the highlights and kind of kept track of the score. I think they stopped. Everybody stopped trying to play defense about halfway through. Seemed like, because I think at the half they were both in like the fifty points range. But nah, but like the the concerning thing though. Well, aside from the fact that you know they lost to the Wizards, um, is like, what's okay? Here it is. So the thing is. Like, as of right now, like, since they got Harden, the Nets' offensive rating has been, like, 122.6, which would be best in the league and would also be the best all, of all time so far. Like, it, like as of right now. All right? The problem is that their defensive rating is 119.9, which is the worst in the league and would also be the worst defensive rating of all time. And they, they they can't play any kind of defense. There's not really any way around this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like what we expected, right? More or less. More or less. Now, and now for everybody that said, K, KD's a better player than LeBron. KD plays defense. Okay. Okay. Like, like, like from these stats from now, I got to say, Okay. Wait, what? Defense. Clay's never played defense. I, I've always thought he was, he's been a middling defender for a while. Like, he's not terrible, but, like, if you need him to anchor your defense, you're going to have problems. You're right. If you need him to just do play help defense because he's seven foot, that's minimal, right? He's like, 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 that's minimal for a guy who's seven foot. He, um, you're right. He is able to do those things because at the end of the day, he is the most mobile seven foot person we will ever see. And he's still doing the minimum when it comes to playing defense, which is just playing help defense off the block, essentially. Um, uh, but none of these people play defense. He don't right. play defense. I Hard need you to stop defense. bashing KD. Bro. Uh, he oh, played I... solid one-on-one defense against Jason Tatum earlier this year. He tries. He tries. Jason Tatum cooked him. I remember, right? They're supposed to cook each other. They're the most, like, top scorers in the league. But KD, listen, 
But KD is a he is the greatest scorer we have ever seen. Being people in their mid twenties, we never saw Jordan or we never saw Kareem. He is the greatest scorer we have ever laid our eyes on. Who actually has played to where we can watch. But to go along with that, he's just not the best overall player of basketball. He never has been. But people get misconstrued because they're so offensively dominated, and they go, "But, but LeBron's a two-way player. LeBron's a basketball player. <laughs> He's just playing basketball. He plays defense, offense. Kevin Durant plays one side of the ball, it, like extremely, extremely all-time well. While on the other side, he's extremely average. Always has been average. And so, when you're an all-time great scorer, when you're just average on defense, people are going to find excuses for you to boost you up so you can be like an all-time great player. Because you know, there's there's somebody's favorite player out there that they want to boost you up. At the end of the day. His defense, just along with his defense getting exposed in a situation. Um, Kyrie's defense isn't getting exposed because we already knew he didn't play defense and no one wanted to pretend like he did. James Harden, people make fun of his defense and have for years. So no one's trying to finesse that situation either. But Kevin Durant, people will try to finesse that he played defense. And now it's just getting exposed that no, that's not true. Um, and it is what it is. And I want to, I don't want to hear no one blaming this on the Achilles. I just, okay, I want to say a couple of things. One, you're right, like, he's a mid-defender, and I think we can all be like, yeah, that's fair. But, like, that's not the same as saying, like, he doesn't play it. Just that, like, he's he's just, he's mediocre at it. Like, he he's a dude that's there, he tries. But, like, you don't, you're not going to put him on, like, the best player on another team. You're just not. It's just not going to work. Um, no, also, not- the thing with Harden... Part of, because, like, I remember years ago looking at it, it's just, like, it's not, I like, a lot of, I think it's not so much that he can't play defense, he just doesn't. Like, he doesn't try on defense, and he has not tried in years. Certainly if, not on any kind of consistent basis. If you don't try and play defense, in my mind, you can't play defense. Like, oh, if, no, that's, that's fair. Like, the, the result's the same. Yeah, if I, like, if I can't see you, if you haven't tried to play defense, then I can't see you try and play defense, so I don't know if you'll play defense or not. Then you might as well not be playing good defense. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, you might as well not yeah, play yeah, like, like, the result's the same, but, like, it's, I feel like with a lot of things, it's, I feel like context matters. Like, it matters. Like, why is his defense so bad? He just doesn't play and he doesn't try. It's not like he's ba- It's not like he's terrible, but he, he never gives any effort. But, um, and Kyrie is, Kyrie, he's, we, we, we know what, up with it. Well, actually, no, we don't know what's up with him, but we know his basketball stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't know that, that man. That man is um, he's the reason why I don't think they can win a championship. Oh, question though, as I'm thinking about it. Because, like, I've seen a lot of talk about, of course, you know, they have, like, roster spots, and I think they got a inter- disabled player exception because Dinwiddie's out for the season or whatever. And, they, um, and like, everybody knows, like, they need to shore up their defense. And as we've stated, they have to because it's historically bad. Um, why, like, I keep seeing things talking about, like, the Cavs potentially buying out, like, what, uh, Andre Drummond or, like, the Nets in talks to try and get, like, I think – Drummond or uh, McGee from the Cavs, but like 
correct me if I'm wrong. The Cavs are like a they're, they're in they're they're are they still in the playoff picture? Because I thought they were at one point. Like at least off off the backs of wins against the Nets. But yeah, <laughs> I know this is a basketball podcast, and I should like know this kind of answer, but I don't. And the only reason I don't know the answer to this is because I truly don't care about the Cavs. Like even if they could they could be number three in the NBA, and I wouldn't know the answer because I don't keep up with them at all just because they're from Cleveland and Cleveland's boring. Their football team's name's the Browns. The Cavs are seventh in in the East right now. Yeah, they're okay, yeah, they're tied for seventh. Like, who Uh-oh. wants to go on vacation to Cleveland? Like, that is the greatest post game interview of all time. And like it's the truest post game interview of all time. Cause I just don't keep up with the Cavaliers whatsoever. And it's like I want to, because Colin Sexton's like a really fun guy to keep up with. And he's a really like fun best player to watch, and especially like dogs up there, right? And with that being the case though, it just doesn't it's just the Cavs. Like it was hard enough for Le- to pay attention when they had LeBron, but now they lose LeBron, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I mean, in fairness, at least for me, it's kind of easy to pay attention when they have LeBron, but, you know, they don't. But, no, more to the point, though, more to my point, like, assuming that, like, they're currently in playoff contention in the East, which is kind of a weird thing to be in, because, like, I think both them, like, they currently have a losing record. The, uh, the Hornets currently have a losing record, but they're, like, currently in the seventh and eighth spots for the playoffs in the East, but, like, assuming that they're in playoff contention, like, why would they want to, why, why would they feel compelled to move Drummond or McGee? Um, if you got Drummond and McGee, you can really get rid of one of them, because, like, you, you get all of your offensive production in, like, you get all your stats, like, your big stats from Andre Drummond, but you really get your defensive impact probably from JaVale McGee. So, do we want to worry about the story that we can definitely recruit because our wings and guards are pretty solid or and try to actually what do the Nets have to offer? I'm confused by this trade. Even something. I don't know what they have. Because I no, want no, to no. say like you can get like a fair trade of like a big man, but the last time I checked, like they, they run the dudes that are like six eight at center. So like I don't know what exactly is I don't know how it's going to benefit the Cavs. Here's the thing. That's that's something that, like, the second I thought about it, started to confuse me, too. It's just kind of like, the Nets don't actually have anything. But, like, you would really want to feel the Cavs. Because, like, they can't trade any of their picks that they still have. Right? And, like, the ones that they still have are technically, like, swap options. Right? So, like, they, like, they basically mortgage their entire future. And, like, there aren't any players for real that you would want that you could reasonably expect to get. And, like, assuming hypothetically you had interest in Dinwiddie, the issue with, like, that, aside from the fact that you can't get anything alongside of him worth much, is that, like, he's a point guard, and, like, you already have two of them, and they're actually pretty good. Um, But, like, people, like, I've seen, like, in... This is internet people, I think, just talking mostly, saying that, like, the Cavs might buy out Drummond or, yeah, like, Wafer or whatever. 
But like, I don't, I still understand why they would do that though. I don't think wherever Drummond has gone, it doesn't exactly seem like they're not okay with giving him up or like granted, making him go somewhere else. Like he's productive, but it yeah. So, but granted, let's much. the context. It's the Pistons he was on, and he's never had a really good Pistons team he's been on. And it's the Cavaliers, so I don't think you can blame all that on him. Like a lot of his, you gotta watch in the way like certain like the Detroit Pistons fan base, the way they used to talk about him sometimes. Listen, yeah, (laughs) for a man who can go out there, he has been put in situations to where he has become. He is a second or third option. Andre Drummond is a man who, you know, he he's a glorified garbage uh, player to where he just gets rebounds, pushbacks, and hustles and dunks. But, like, he does it to, like, the most efficient level you could possibly ask anybody in his position to do, which is 2020 games. 15-15 games on a regular basis. He is Tristan Thompson, who has an NBA championship to the 10th degree. Like, but the but the issue is, Tristan Thompson's never been in a situation, or he, he was for uh, like a year or two with the Cavs when they were really, really bad, but Tristan Thompson has never been in a situation to where he is a second or third option. He is the worst option. Uh, of of the starting five or come off the bench or whatever he's doing, and he's just getting putbacks, putbacks, offensive rebounds, layups, dunks. That's what Honor Dumman does, except he just does it ten times better, and he says he does like in a record breaking. He does it in record breaking numbers, and I and I think if he gets you put him in a, in a situation, he's not a player where you run plays for. If KD misses putback, if uh, you know, he, he he would do what Andre Drummond did, or he would do what Andre Drummond, Drummond does, but, like, obviously way better. But he just never in a good situation because he was always drafted in horrible situations and got traded from a bad situation to arguably the worst situation, being in Cleveland. I, I'm going to make the argument, the, the argument here that, like, being in Cleveland at this point is demonstrably better than being in Detroit. Um, yeah, because Detroit's in limbo, and Cleveland is someone going up. But when he first got to Cleveland last year, you were for that? Well, last year, that wasn't other games. <laughs> like, Cleveland was all last, last year? year. You mean, like, three months ago? No, he was <laughs> three months ago. Like, the, the, he, got the, the last he, last he got traded last year? Yes. Three months ago, the season ended like three months ago. He didn't get he got traded pre bubble. Okay, regardless, like February, right? Pre bubble, yes. And that, Nick, that was like a month. Do you know February was a year ago because it's February now? I'm talking about this in terms of the season, he was only with them for like a month. Well, that means they were ascending then, they didn't just randomly yeah, get uh, decent. Uh, what I will say, as far as just just throwing the stats out there, he's currently averaging 18.5 points and 15 rebounds a game. I just... What? That's not... Those are incredible numbers. Mm-hmm. If this was... Man, that's, those are incredible numbers. If this was... If this was... 
2000, or if this was, no, if this was 1995, 1990 not... through 2010, he'd it's be not... an all-star. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, he should probably be an all-star anyway, but, you know. Those are great numbers. It's just that hey. people are too used to, like, pe- people who get those kind of numbers and are rewarded, or people who get those kind of numbers and get the numbers he gets, and the way he gets those numbers, they aren't going to get rewarded in today's NBA. Point blank, period. Because a person who's get averaging 19 and 15, you should hear about. Like, you should hear about them. But the, but that style of basketball in modern basketball is not rewarded at all. So you can, argue, you can make a strong argument that he can still be he should still be an all-star. But he no, he won't be an all-star because of how the NBA is presented and how it's played in 2021. But those are all-star numbers of any decade. That's true. But I'm going to tell you why. He will not be an all-star based off what you said earlier. Let me, is, let me hear it. Let me hear it. He is a very good version of Tristan Thompson. And we do we really want that on our NBA ballots? Arguably, like, I, like I'm here for the production, but there is there are more players that you would rather see. Like even in even in the East, if we just do like a ballot for big man, he's probably going to be. Like left off, he's probably going to be like four or five. Uh, uh, that's fair. Hold on, at least all star, like like all NBA all though, probably should be on one of those. All NBA? If you can't get on all star, how you gonna get all all NBA? That's everybody. Okay, so this year right now, Tristan Thompson is averaging in sixteen games. He's averaging 5.9 points, and I think this is set 8 point. What T, TRB is, rebounds, right? Yeah, total rebound. Okay, uh, 8.4. So arguably, he's saying, I know, arguably, saying that he's a very good Shannon Thompson is underselling it. <laughs> like, he is a version of Tristan Thompson, but like, incredibly better and like the like arguably in the in today's nba the best version of tristan thompson you could get uh tristan thompson that got paid like like he is the best version of that that you could possibly get andre drum is still shooting threes what's his free throw percentage that's a, that's a real question oh his efficiency is trash so that's what either of y'all are trying to get at it uh What's his free throw percentage? Because I know it, it used to be atrocious. Now it's, like, decently better. Uh, Let me see. After 10 years of shooting professional free throws, he finally oh. figured it out. Listen, we still know plenty of people that can't. <laughs> so uh, he's shooting right around 60% from the free throw line. That's fine for a center. Yeah. For a center who's going to give you 15 or 19 and 15, 60%, that's fine. Because it used to be, like, 20, if I remember right. It used to be abysmal. So, like, it's fine now. Let's talk about the other efficiency. Let's not, like, at the end of the day, let's just not disrespect this man. Look, I'm not trying to disrespect this man, but I do feel like his production is based off his situations. Like, you're saying he would be more fit, like, in a better fit in a Tristan Thompson role. And we have seen, with him being the second or third option, it's not very fruitful. 
you what? don't run plays for him. Teams have ran plays for him, and they don't win. But his style of play is you don't run plays for him. But the issue is he's been on teams where you have to run plays for him because they are so trash. Yeah, bro. Go ahead and move him back to 12 and 10 so we can clap for those numbers. Because that that's what I would rather see, 12 and 10. And I don't think he's a defensive force. So it's not really interesting for them to kind of make this trade either. Listen. Like, they, that's what we um, need, they, right? They, they, they can rebound, but that's about... All, it. all championship teams have that dirty guy, the guy who does a lot and gets like the who you don't have to run a play for, all kind of stuff. The Nets don't have those players. They have like and the players they do have like that are guards. Their big men are not like that. Except they are, and if they do are like that, like Jordan, like Jordan, big man, big man. Big man. Oh, the big I man mean, have like that. They have a couple forwards. He'll give you two points and two assists and two and two rebounds and foul out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, oh yeah, he's never mind. He's really bad. Calvin Drummond Drummond doesn't have a fouling issue anymore, does he? Because I remember that was kind of like an um, issue early don't on. Don't look like it. He's averaging about three fouls a game now. Okay, cool. Yeah, Alan. Hey, <laughs> I'm just poking holes. Uh, 1.6 deals and 1.4 blocks. I feel compelled to throw that in there. I'm not sure why. Because he is good. Look, it's an upgrade from nothing. So, excuse me. Fifteen is an upgrade from nothing? It is. Everything's an upgrade from nothing. You're underselling underselling this man's value, Alan. I I don't think that's the point in this case, though. It's just to say that if we're saying the, the Nets want him, that like it's like they can't get him. Like realistically, there's there's no situation. Like if I'm the Cavs, I'm not about to waive him. If anything, I'm gonna try and trade him, right, for assets. But we're in playoff contention, and yeah, we're under 500, but we're still in the playoffs with a young team. It's all upside. Maybe they could trade Steve Nash. They already got like two former head coaches on the roster. Why, why not try to see what you can get for Nash? In fairness, I'm not, yeah, I don't think you can get, you're going to get much for like Coach Steve Nash at the moment. I think you can get Andre Drummond. I think I think you can get Andre Drummond. But what about but hold on, wait, do they have to match salaries when you trade a coach? I I don't know. Forget don't know. it. It's a hypothetical, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here for answers. I'm here for questions. But uh, speaking of other things that we like would like to see more, see how I just made that transition up out of nowhere? We weren't talking about that at all. But things that we do want to see more often are rivalry games. And I do not know how this Nets-Wizards game wasn't nationally televised. I feel like every, every time a superstar couple splits up, whenever they come back together, that should be a nationally televised game. Because there's no way you get moments where Westbrook is trying as hard as he can versus KD having this magical season after Achilles. And that's not a storyline that everybody wants to see. Like, I already know that the Wizards are really bad. But guess what? They're also really entertaining. It was it? 145 to 149? Like, I, I would like uh, yeah, to Yeah, 146, 149, Wizards. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why you want to... Wouldn't want to see that. Every time uh, the Nets play the Lakers, 
Put that on TV. Like, I have no idea why it wasn't. Cause like, I'm like, let me check the score or whatever. They're like, let's see what the Nets are up to. Look, and you look at the score. And it's like 140, and it's like 140, what, 146, 149. And then I'm like, okay, was it over? Was there overtime? No. Uh, oh, okay. Also, apparently, this was the first game Westbrook felt good. Okay. I think I saw something about, like, you talked later, like, this is the first game where he felt, like, healthy. Um, but... Okay. He, okay. This, but, like... This is stupid. He put the up, first game he felt good, but, like, is it the... Or is it the first game he did good, so he felt healthy? I don't <laughs> you, Like, you can Ridiculous. finish however you want. I'm not here to fly into that man's mind. I I don't care like that. But, like, he put up 41 points. 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Beal put up 37 points. Um, Mo Wagner put up 17. That, that was kind of random. Ish Smith put up 13. For the Nets, Durant put up 37 points. Joe Harris put up 30 points. Kyrie Irving put up 26 points. I have no idea where Harden was. Jeff Green put up 23. Like, there, there was a clear lack of defense here. Defense is overrated. I mean, you can say that, but, like, some defense would have helped the Nets. It would have helped the Nets. But I also just want to see KD go for, like, 35 a game, which is way more entertaining than seeing him try to lock up right now. That That's fair. But, like, it's not like his team would have stopped anybody anyway, so he might as well go for, go for 40 a night. Exactly. I'm very happy with what we're getting, but we need more rivalry games. Like, I know that's not what the league is built on anymore, but these superstars now have rivalries with each other, with each other, whether they want to admit it or not. I know KD and Westbrook have probably already squashed whatever little beef they had, but it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> they should have still... televised it, though. I mean, not exactly. tele- nationally televised it, rather. Like, that... Because I would have gone. Because after I saw that score, I would have gone back and watched that game. I'm like, I need to see how this happened. Exactly. Um, segueing slightly um, from a ridiculous score in a regular game with no overtime um, to just scoring in general, there are a lot of dudes averaging twenty point twenty or more points per game this season. Like. A lot, a lot. Like it's like <clears throat> forty-one, I think. Let me, let me, like, yeah, like. Correction, at least according to Basketball Reference, it's currently thirty. If we're being technical, it's currently thirty-eight. It increases slightly if you increase if you extend it down to forty-one because they're averaging, because sixteen points. I mean, nineteen point six a game is functionally okay. twenty a game. Yeah. But like, why do y'all think that there that so many dudes are averaging twenty a game? Like, it's a lot more than even a couple years ago. Man, I'm not sure. Is it? I, I can you read off all of the names? I want to hear if they're like some like anomalies. So like, here's the thing: the person who so far who played the fewest games of these people is Westbrook, and he's played eleven. So just 
in in descending order, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, Zach Levine, Nikola Jokic, uh, Jason Tatum, C.J. McCollum, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, James Harden, Colin Sexton, Zion Williamson, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Brandon Ingram, Christian Wood, Gordon Hayward. You get the idea. There aren't that. Uh, what? Devin Booker, Malcolm Brogdon, Donovan Mitchell, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Julius Randle, A.D., Shy Gillis Alexander, uh, Chris Middleton, De'Aaron Fox, Russell Westbrook, Victor Aladipo, Demontis Sabanis, Tobias Harris, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Bam Adebayo, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam. Okay, so I would say for a majority, a strong majority of people, you just have to chuck it up to the speed of the game, transitions, and the prevalency of the three-point line. Like most, like a good amount of people, even Joel Embiid shoots a lot of threes. You know what I mean? And like Joel Embiid would get twenty plus plus points with that three-point line, but a high majority of people shoot a lot of threes, or like or a significant amount of threes. So I would just chuck it up to that in the speed of the game, which means they could probably get more threes up per game than anybody did previously in previous years. And from now we're seeing, we're, we're seeing because people are analytically bound that it's literally a lot of teams like. A couple years ago for the Rockets, it was layup or three, and that was just like a anomaly. But now that's becoming more the norm. So we're just seeing that transition to that to other teams and other players' games as they come out of high school. But of course, like you're gonna have the Demar Derozans and like the uh, Demar Derozans and uh, the Zion's. But we're at the end of the day, those ones on that list are super freak athletes, like. Besides that, everybody else shoots a solid, solid amount of threes. Yeah. So I would just talk, talk up to that. But, like, yeah. if I could make a basic counter argument, not to say that you're necessarily wrong with some of that, like, just to kind of peek through, I'm not sure. Well, like, maybe, like, if it's a different. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I don't. Maybe it explains it, but I'm not sure it does because it's like. Some of these dudes, it's like they shoot the three well, but they don't take, they don't have high volume. Like Embiid is it just under three attempts a game and hits about one of those from like behind the arc. Luka Doncic takes a lot of them, but he's been awful from three <laughs> po- from the three point line this season. I think that you just have to season. At the end of the day, you got it's just an eye test, right? You got to know who's a hooper and who's not. And some of these dudes, no matter what, would average twenty points a game. But then there's some of the people on there that you made that with that three-point line and the <coughs> excuse me significance and the, uh, the volume of threes that the NBA has is shooting now that they wouldn't average that. Like Joel Embiid would average 20 points a game, uh, no matter what. Uh, Luka Doncic. Yes. Yeah. Some threes. Yeah. He's arguably better off not taking those threes. Like, I was saying he averaged point. 20 points a game without the threes, right? But, like, a, a lot of people you can't make that argument for. Yeah. See, Philip, I, I was... I don't know if you can make the argument for Chris Middleton, to tell you the truth. No, because Chris, Chris Middleton was... A lot of good amount of threes. Chris Middleton was getting into that, uh, that 20 point per game before he became, like, real deadly with the threes. 
But he was getting into it. But he was significantly yeah. over 20 points a game, though. Yeah, point. <clears throat> See, I was hoping Jeremy Grant would bail me out because he's averaging 24 points a game right now. But he's shooting really well from deep. Right, and I was, I was like, I, I know, I know, my man's is out here shooting like thirty-two percent from from three. He was like, no, forty. Don't disrespect me. And yeah, he's been shooting crazy. He's been shooting crazy good for the last couple, couple of years. This is why he makes the big bucks for the Pistons in Detroit. Ashley, look, I'll, Detroit games are fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie to you. Of course they are. You know, Derrick Rose, least, Blake Griffin, Jeremy fun. Grant, fun to watch. At least make it fun if you're gonna lose. Right? Yeah. I, I Sorry. Blake Griffin gets a lot of hate that I don't enjoy. He's apparently fallen off the cliff. He off has fallen off the cliff, yeah. though. Like, look mm-hmm. at the stats. Look at, what, what are his numbers? All right, give me a second. This is like... Because most people... Okay, you got, you got up now? Just about. Okay, I, I tried Okay, to so this there. season... So far, he's averaging 12 points, five rebounds, four assists. Number one. What were you saying? <laughs> I mean, I have, not, I have nothing. <laughs> I, have, like, I, got, I, I got nothing. Like, I, hope, I was hoping the stats were going to, like, back up my point, but I got nothing. Right, this man had a lot of faith in Billy Griffin. That's funny. I did. <laughs> it. I do got faith in the game this season, though. It's only been 16 games. He good. <laughs> Come back time. Uh, has, wait, has he had a lot of injuries? This year? No, nah, just over his career. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, that might be why he's running into this issue now. But, like, that's why he changed his game so drastically to where, like, he is less athletic to, like, just, like, post moves and stuff now. And yeah. three-point, step-back threes, all kind of stuff. Because last year, his numbers were fine. It's only been fine every single year. Are like more than fine, obviously, like more better than average by far. And mm-hmm. this year, I just didn't realize that he apparently slipped and fell and broke his hip off a cliff. Because that twelve, that twelve per game is nuts. When did Blake Griffin come into the league? Two thousand and nine. Nine, eleven years. <laughs> but it's yeah, like, he came in at nine, but he got. He got hurt, so like he didn't actually start playing in the league till 2010. Yeah, he, he had that foot injury. Yeah, ten years of being one of the best forwards in the league—that's that's pretty, it's a pretty damn good career. Ten years is a good run. <clears throat> yeah, if you yeah. if he does not make the Hall of Fame, he is going to be one of those people that will be in my like, I am as long as I am a part of basketball, these are the people's stories I'm going to tell. Yeah, Blake right. Griffin is a legend. Yeah. In terms of like athleticism, he a legend. Yeah, he Oklahoma legend. Went to Oklahoma high school, the OU. Like he a legend in Oklahoma. How many legends are all Oklahoma? That's that's like saying Monte Ellis is a, is a Mississippi legend. It's true, but how many legends Mississippi got? Like it's true, he Oklahoma legend. But how many Oklahoma legends Oklahoma got? I feel like that's a question for somebody who was in Oklahoma because for you to for you to. You almost have to be a national star for other people to know from your state. Or, like, it has to be, like, a neighboring state. Like, we You're would right. know Kansas, okay. like, some stars from Kansas. But we okay. ain't gonna know nobody from uh, Idaho. I don't know no stars from Idaho. I'm, 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 I'm tripping. You're right. Because there's, there's, you've got a lot of Kansas City or Kansas legends, Missouri legends, that if you weren't from here, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Anthony Peely. 
He played for the Lakers. People do know him. <laughs> he, he, he's the wrong one. Griff, fun fact, my cousin. Really? Grandma on my dad's side's maiden name is, is Peter Peter. That's crazy. Yeah. We famous out here. There's a, um, a video of... <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> oh, you really went you really went to that and just backtracked on us like that? Okay. Now, I definitely don't want to hear about it. I think it's gonna, like, degrade me or something. Um, <laughs> you're ignorant. No, it's, it's not against you, bro. It's against uh, Peeler, man. It ain't gonna do your mans like that. <laughs> All I know is man was on NBA Jam, the original one on Super Nintendo, so he made it. Um, oh, yeah. I think, uh, but like, like that is a very true thing. You know what I mean? You know, we got the rushes here, and I'm sure in Memphis, Calvin, you got somebody, some some bum on the street. <laughs> I nothing immediately comes to mind because just like most, I feel like most of the Penny Hardaway, Memphis, like Penny Hardaway. I want to think Duke what, Deuce, Zach Young played for Mitchell back in the day. Like they're it's like they're a dude, but it's just like. Maybe just because I just kind of keep to myself. I can't think of too many off the top of my head. As a man who uh, went to uh, who used to play college basketball against like schools in Memphis like that, used to travel through Memphis. I feel like most of y'all legends ended up on like, you know, a uh, one mixtape or like Ball Up. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, real quick. I actually saw this while you guys were uh, talking about something I didn't know about. Um, did you see that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. has a request to play in the NBA G League bubble? Yes. I did not. No. Yeah, he has logged seven straight DNPs and is eager for reps and an opportunity to, sh- to demonstrate he's still an NBA prospect. You want to talk about a fall-off? I think that is the... He's trying to pre trying to he's trying to show people that he's an NBA prospect. Like I remember, I, I feel like he was dunking on people last year, but maybe maybe that's the issue. He was only dunking on people and nothing and nothing else. I mean, it is what it is, bro. We <clears throat> it, it happens. Sometimes you run into a wall. Sometimes you can't shoot. For the Nick, oh, have you seen the Knicks this year? Because no, that's that's what playing for. Yeah, I have no interest. Then they're they're playing well. <laughs> like like they're actually they're legitimately playing well this year. And RJ Barrett's doing well himself. Like 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 he's doing where people thought he would be doing. Outside of Obi Toppin, I honestly don't really care about the Knicks at all. It's, I usually don't not, either. But like nothing against them is just. I knew I usually don't pay attention either because for obvious reasons. I think you guys articulate that already. <laughs> and um. But for a team that is called the Knicks and a team in 2021 that's coached by Tom Thibodeau, I was positive they were going to be trash. And it's just surprising to me that they're not. <laughs> like, it's just surprising to me that they're not trash. And I was like, okay. But, like, once again, I think Tom Thibodeau has a you had a track, record. track record with, like, young talent and not established talent but like he's been in two places where he's a head coach and that's been the case for chicago and here as of right now because he could easily change after 16 games in the season but then in minnesota 
<clears throat> it was the opposite of that. But he also had a mentally weak Andrew Wiggins. And as Jimmy Butler showcased to us all, a mentally weak Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, which I don't actually don't I actually kinda like Carl Anthony Towns, but he just got buoyed by uh Jim Jimmy Butler and it was made me not love him as much as I did beforehand. So love him, but not nowhere near to the love I did beforehand. But like so I think like the the, the combination of just like a young mentally strong young group like team is like the the perfect combination for Tom Thibodeau to like really do his thing because that Bulls team was really good in the head. And this Knicks team seems to be that exact same way. But that's such a specific type of player you need to find because, unfortunately, players soft. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays, players, like, it is what it is. Players just soft sometimes. And it's hard to find, but apparently in the Knicks, they found it. Uh, if I'm, oh, hmm. I just, I don't know. I, I feel weak, like, oddly compelled to defend Wiggins just a little bit. Because he's apparently been apparently been playing good defense, like for the for the. Uh, he happy. No, yeah, for Golden State, like he happy. So like, and so like my only argument is not even it's just like maybe it's just I'll put it like this. Maybe I'm not sure about whether or not he's mentally weak. Maybe he's just kind of like you don't want him as your top dog, if you will. Like, You're obviously not a Kansas fan, or else you would hate that. He is. I'm not at all. I'm like, not at all. like if you're like if you're a Kansas fan, you have a different type of like relationship with this man, uh, or a KU fan. But <laughs> that's not true. Because if I'm a KU fan, I love Andrew Wiggins. I root for him every year for him to figure it out. You a hater? <laughs> I'm not a hater. <laughs> I just Kansas fans who are haters. You I'm, just, I'm not a hater. I just five stars. Look, I'm not a hater. I just don't forget. <laughs> That's what she like. I just don't forget how this man played Stanford. He was boo boo, and Andrew Wiggins was not supposed to be a great defensive stopper. Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be the next big thing. Like, like he's fine now, playing good defense. Like he, like I've, I've seen the stats. Like he's playing legitimately good. Like top five, top ten defense of like individual players in the league. Like he's playing really, really good defense. But he was not supposed to be a really good defender, and that's his, like, claim to fame. He was supposed to be the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George type. You know what I mean? Like, like with that game, but with way more athleticism. But like it just never came to be. The defensive end. So what? Like, like, your games don't start on the defensive end. Yeah, but on, on offense, you could go, here, take this ball. Well, except in the playoffs for playoff P. But, like, after years. Like, excluding that, but, like, in Indiana, play, Paul George was killing the playoffs. You go, here, here's this ball, score, they score, free throw line, and then D up your, your best panel other than the court. Andrew Wiggins was ideally supposed to be this. So, like, he was not now, but, like, how many years have he been in the league? Seven now? Yeah. Seven years? So, I'm glad he's there now. I'm glad he's finally getting some, like, shine now. Um in like some way, shape, or form, but you know, fall from grace. 
But like, here's the thing, though. Here's the, here's the thing, if I may. Like, first, just starting with like talking about Paul George, right? Is just like I think with Paul, uh, ignoring for a second that like dudes like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard weren't supposed to be what they are, but like Paul George had defense figured out before he had offense figured out, and why? And like the thing, and like even as we talk about Wiggins' offense, it's like yeah, he's averaging. Like, it's not, it's not his best season, like, from a pure numbers standpoint, offensively. But it's it's his most efficient season. Like, he's shooting better than he has at any other point in his career. Right? It's not a surprise, though, when you got Steph on your team. Like, I'm glad. It's just mm-hmm. context. It is what it is. But he got Steph on his team, so, I'm, so, so I'm glad he's finally tapped into uh, the – Good in basketball that he has not. Or he has Just say you're a hater and move on. Just say you're a hater and move on. I'm not a hater. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not a hater. You a hater? Keep it moving. How? How? Like, I'm a hater. It's just like, here's, like I guess if we're gonna make the argument that you're a hater, more or less comes down to is just like because like it's like at this point like we can argue as to why Wiggins is arguably playing the best basketball of his entire career. Regardless of the fact that his, the scoring numbers aren't as high as they have been in some seasons in the past. And you just kind of, like, I guess the, the hater part comes in with kind of just discounting it. It's like, yeah, like, he's, like, because he's playing with Steph, but it's like, to start the season, he was playing terribly. Like, he was, the first couple games, he was hot. He, he was ass. Was like, he? I wasn't sure if he was or not, because. The first I couple games, yeah, I, I remember kind of following him and uh, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, we're just yeah, we're playing terrible basketball, uh, and he and Wiggins got better. I'm I'm not sure if Ubre did. I haven't followed. <laughs> yeah, like um, but Wiggins like kind of figured it out. I don't know what happened behind the scenes to help him figure it out, but he figured it out, and he's been putting up good numbers scoring wise and playing good defense, and. You know, maybe it's one of them things that some of it is like your environment. A new, it's sometimes if you get stuck in ruts or whatever, it's good to just get a change of scenery, and maybe that's all it needed. And in this case, the scenery is surrounded by one of the smartest defenders to ever play the game, and Steve Kerr, who is a mediocre <laughs> coach but is Who? decent enough at figuring out how to use. Whoa, who's the smartest defender to ever play the game? One of the smart, smartest defenders to ever play, Dr- Draymond Green, like. We're not going to get into your Draymond Green hate. Yeah, keep it to you. Put it, leave, leave it for right now. Because <laughs> we we already have, like, three episodes of you hating on Draymond for, like, an hour and a half. Hey, come down this rabbit hole with me. What if Andrew Wiggins wasn't really scared of Jimmy Butler, but he is scared of Draymond Green? And Draymond Green... <laughs> Has yelled at that man enough in practice for the last month and a half. Hey, Andrew Wiggins decided to give a shit. Because he know he can't beat that man up. He had a chance with it. He got a chance with Jimmy Butler. They in the same weight class. But you're not going to beat Draymond Green up. You ain't going to do it. Fair enough. I don't think think you get Jimmy either. But I see your point. You can try with Jimmy. You can have some faith in yourself with Jimmy. Like, I feel like Draymond would actually make, like, listening to him talk, he'd probably make a decent coach. Because, like, he kind of coach, he kind of coaches uh, Wiseman. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you need to, you should be doing this, this, or whatever. Like, he'll, 
he'll talk through stuff with Wiseman. He might just, like you're right, he might just have to yell at, at Wiggins. Like, just give him a look. Like, yeah, like, the, you, like I, I shouldn't even have to tell you this. You've been in the league long enough. I am going to stay silent on this one. Because I'm going to just continue on and on and on because of uh, previously mentioned things. Um, so, okay. This is... <laughs> That's officially the wildest thing you've ever said. As strange as that is. Like, it's, it's just, it just kind of goes against type. I respect it a lot, and I appreciate it. But, like... Your statement just now made me so sick, Alan. Like, I re- like, like this hypothetical made me so sick that I just can't. I'm refusing to acknowledge it. So, there you go. Okay, that, that's completely fine. I'll take it. <laughs> but, like, the point remains, though, he's played, regardless of why he's played good basketball at since. Golden State passed the first couple of games. He's played good basketball. They've collectively played a lot better than they did at the start of the season when it looked like a hot dumpster fire and Wiseman was going to get rookie of the year. But, you know, they're playing good now. And like a good Golden State team, Wiseman's not rookie of the year. He's just not. There's no good reason for it. So. Andrew Wiggins for most improved. Uh, oh, hasn't uh, Jalen Brown been playing amazing, though? Jalen Brown, Jalen, Jalen Brown is a problem. But Jalen Brown actually turned like last year, year before, or something like that. He turned yeah. into one of my favorite players in the league. Hey, can have y'all? You know, at the beginning of the season, they were talking about the um, like who, not kind of like who is better, but who is one A one B when it's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. At the beginning of the year, it did not make any type of sense why you would rather have Jalen, the offense run through Jalen Brown, than Jalen Tate, than uh, Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum. Ooh, the Jays, they kill him. <clears throat> and I was like, he's a better passer. He moves better with the ball. Talking about Tatum here. And then I watched Brown play against I think it was the Sixers last week and no no he can pretty much do everything that Jason Tatum can do and is like a really good off-ball scorer in catch and shoot three-pointer and also plays like solid defense um is that like one of the best wing I, I know we got like we got other wing tandems, especially like out west. But is that like not one of the like top three wing tandems? No, it definitely is. And that's all. Yeah. Them, CJ, Dame, and tandems. Well, if we're saying wing tandems, though, I don't think CJ and Dame would count. They wouldn't they be guard? Like yeah. Dame is a point. Okay, so what them? Kawhi, Paul George, mm-hmm. and should it, it almost has to be them too, well, right? Like they are a, a cream above the crop, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I can't. No one else jumps to the head, uh, right now. 
when it comes to wing tandems. Yeah. Uh, no. It just helps that Jason Tim's 6'10", so. Allegedly. I mean. He's still growing. But Jalen Brown, another player who figured out defense first, who wasn't supposed to be as good as he is offensively. Not that hard. At all. Yeah, he figured out defense first. I wonder why somebody else couldn't. This boy, he did not. That's that's got nothing to do with us, though. So what? What am I? I I call it wondering why someone else couldn't figure out defense. Oh, you heard that? (laughs) Oh, my bad. I didn't mean for everybody to hear what I said. (laughs) Well, it's okay. Um, But. Let's see who else. I know the Jazz have been playing good basketball. Conley has been playing well this this season. Um, not any other, let's see what other players are noteworthy. We we've, we've all seen that little video that would talk about uh, what's it? Michael Porter Jr. And uh, how do how do y'all feel about Porter Jr. this season? Let's let's go there. I uh, see. Where my NBA league passes, I can't watch Denver games because they're too close and they're on a very specific Fox affiliation. And I can't watch Oklahoma City games for the exact same reason. Right. So uh, I've never seen a Denver game this year that was on nationally televised. So I don't, I'm not, I can't say anything. <laughs> like it sucks. I've tried, but I can't watch them unless they're on ESPN or TNT. And I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like, all I know is, because I, I watched the Dallas game, Michael Porter Jr. dropped 30. And he can really shoot. <laughs> I think we all knew that company. He can really shoot. He can really score. He's 6'10". And I, I, it's weird that I wish he wasn't on the Nuggets where we could just kind of – I almost wish he was on, like, a boo-boo team so we could get the – No, you don't want to put no Zach Levine kind of conversation because Zach Levine is nice, but he's on a trash Bulls team, so he gets no credit at all. But that's what I, I – I want to see what Michael Porter Jr. looks like. He could pull, like, a – Like – I to where, like, they have a lot of good players around him, but they still rises up to a situation, kind of. Like how Kawhi had Ginobili and Parker and Tim Duncan. Like, yeah. Michael Porter Jr., granted, he's not Kawhi in terms of, like, defensive presence, but in terms of just, like, starting off in, like, a smaller role and then eventually building up. But the issue is everybody around him is young, too. Exactly. So, eventually, they're going to have to trade. They're gonna, they're, they're, eventually, the Nets are going to be forced to trade two of them, at least. Because they have too many young assets that are, like, good. Harris, Murray, Jokic, Port Jr., Bol Bol. They're they're, they're, they're going to trade some of these people because there's too many to go around because someone's going to want to get paid. And as soon as you pay someone, someone doesn't get paid. So, Do you have to trade Bol Bol? Because I don't think Bol Bol is ever going to actually play enough minutes where we can all, like, we wouldn't make fun of an NBA GM for making a big move for Bol Bol. I mean, like, who, like who, I don't who, think you can get a first Paul round pick and put Bol Bol in. What'd you say? Paul Millsap, keep Bobo. 
why, well, one, like, if why would anybody want to take Paul Millsap? Like, that's the first question. If some, I think he has one year. In this. I think I think I think he's on he's on a one year deal. Yeah, Paul Millsap is still getting buckets. He's still solid. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's old. Um, and, yeah, and like in NBA years, the the man is is a dinosaur. Look, people were taking Andre Miller for years, so I'm not trying to, you know, I I, I can't assume why a GM would or would not take somebody because we've seen a lot of situations. Some Cassell was like getting a lot. It was like getting passed around in a basketball sense uh, <laughs> for 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 years. You know what I mean? And yeah. I have no idea what the thought process is to like an old veteran. I don't know. You want to be expert at that. Look at who all the Nets drafted and where they went after uh, they got that Paul Pierce uh, Kevin Garnett trade. But, I mean, like, the th- the issue, though, like, if you're going to be, like, and put bowl bowl, it's just, like, the thing is, if you trade, like, is my understanding of how they're currently set up, if you, <laughs> assuming, hypothetically, you trade Millsap, which you still might not want to do, because, like, he's the only old dude on the squad, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, like you, but if you trade him or move him, like do whatever with him, the person you put in his spot is Porter Jr. At the moment, it's not Bo Bo. Like Bo Bo still has that very serious, like issue of like the man is like a stick figure, made made flesh. <laughs> yeah. I I I don't think that's gonna change. Yeah, it's not. It's, just, it's probably not, but like he still want to like he should still try and put on some amount of muscle. He might not ever get a whole lot. Oh, he's like, try, maybe, he definitely, but he definitely has it. Was a weird thing about it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him like for years? He definitely has put on muscle. It just doesn't look like anything because he's still as big as a water bottle. Bro, I'm telling you, he got that chat homegrown body. Ain't eh? ain't no type of meal plan, no amount of working out. That's that's you. Man, this man probably eating breast chicken all day, every day, and still look like that. Bro, you you know they got him on like a three thousand calorie thing. He's like, I'm tired of eating. Like, let it taste good. Coach over here feeding him. Eat. Um, but like something I've seen is like, like if we're gonna talk about like potential issues down the road as far as like the team makeup or whatever, is like, I think it's fairly safe to say that. Porter Jr. has the biggest ego on the squad. Hey, um, guess what? In the playoffs last year, it, it, it didn't want it for him. Well, I mean, no, I'm not saying, like, here's the thing. Like, I respect the confidence. You need the confidence to be successful in the league. But um, but my, but my, I feel like where it would come to issues is, like, at the moment, I guess he already feels like he should get, you know, more touches and, I guess, more play calls and whatever. Never mind the fact that you don't really need to give – like, he's kind of like KD in that you don't really need to give him play calls in order for him to be able to get his. Um, and if that's the case, like, of course, you're going to, like, try and get other dudes going a little more. And if you're, like, his coach, you're going to try and get him to work on other parts of his game. It's like, you're already a wonderful scorer. But, like, we need you to make better decisions, and we need you to, like, play good defense. And my understanding is he's, played, he's playing a lot better defense this year. Like, I could be wrong, but that's my understanding. Um, like, you know, making, like, more completeness and whatever. And I feel like, like while it's just kind of a frustration now, it might become an, more of an issue later. In fairness, later, like, the thing is, if I'm, like, while I might not, if I'm this coach, while I might not call his number, 
during the regular season, his number's probably getting called a bunch in the like postseason. Yeah. There's no other reason like he's a like offensively he's a matchup problem. Like uh-huh. for a lot of people. Um but I don't know. It's also one of them things. Like it's it'd probably be fun to coach the Nuggets because like you have options for what you can do. Like you could you can trot out Porter Jr., you can trot out um Murray, you can trot out whoever like you you have options for who you put on the floor and you can adjust. Slightly less though, because Jeremy Grant decided he wanted to be a bigger part of an offense and dipped to to the Pistons for the same amount of money, which I'm going to pretend makes sense. If for no other reason, like he probably could ask for more and should have. But it is what it is. That man thought he was going to be an all star over in the East. He is. I mean, he's, not, the rating. he's not going to be an all star in the East, bro. He could be. 22. I. When was the last time Blake Griffin made an all-star game? I do not think at this point in the NBA's world you are going to be an all-star in play for the Detroit Pistons. I think you almost have to put up absurd numbers for for that to happen. If I might make a bit of an argument, though, like, <laughs> with most... No, no, no. It's just like, at this point, because we just talked about how all the, like, we got so many dudes averaging 20-plus a game this season. Like, the issue would be less so that he's playing for the for the Pistons, even though that's almost certainly not going to help we're talking about being an all-star. Um, but that, like, 20 points per game probably isn't special enough to get you on the all-star team because it's like there are a bunch of other dudes doing it. He and there are dudes making, and there are dudes making who, who's going slightly less but are but have, but are putting up good numbers on like actual good teams in other ways. Um, I don't know. I want to do a Mike Conley plug here. Like he's probably not going to be an All Star, but I hope so. Like just vote for him. Why not? Shit. He he's had more deserving seasons where he didn't get it. So no, you don't get the brain check. <laughs> Who you think you is, Kobe? Mike Conley, never been an All-Star. Nope. Okay, never mind. He should get one All-Star. It's yeah. not going to be this year. That honestly, he should, like get he should get an honorary. I, I, just, I just, like, it, but, like... He gets that Dwayne Wade of last year. It, like, yeah, just, just, just give him one, because, like, just go ahead, why not? And, like, he's his numbers aren't bad. It's not, it's not 20 points a game, but he's putting up solid numbers. On a good jazz team, they're one. What? They're they're one of the best teams in the West, like to this point. You're gonna get no arguments from me. I'll say that right now. I got arguments, but I'm also a hater today. So also, it is. It is. Well, am I the only person who's not currently a hater, or am I just a hater for one team in particular? You're a hater on us because you always have these kind of arguments for no matter what we say. It it makes for a fun discussion. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Kind of. But, um, shoot, guys, I think we're about an hour into this. I think that is that is time to wrap up. Calvin, you got any um, future game of sports this week? Um, 
I'd have to pull my calendar up, but I have a couple that I'm planning on looking at and some that I have like just off in the future. Like I'm going to watch a uh, Drake game mm-hmm. is like, I think they're currently undefeated and I, I are supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw in, I, cause I mentioned to y'all before that I watched the Oklahoma, Texas game. And I used the word interesting when I was describing it. Um, if I could elaborate for a quick second. So the Texas Texas didn't have Chaka Smart on the bench because he got COVID. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Since when did this man get here? I was watching the game the other day and they showed Chaka Smart. I'm like, this man got a little TWA. I was like, what's going on? He uh I think he just decided to get hair around the time COVID hit. I literally thought I literally couldn't tell it was him. I'm used to this bald man, and I'm like, this dude had a, like a full head of hair and just wasn't growing it. I was like, oh okay. I had kids, but yeah. that's off to the point. But I just really caught me off guard the other day, actually. Oh uh, yeah, he he just suddenly decided to get a head full of hair. I I understand, but um, so like they were without Chaka Smart on the bench because he got COVID. Uh, they were also mentioned. Like, Texas was also mentioning a, missing a number of important players, um, I guess, because of, like, COVID protocols or what, ha- or what have you. Um, but, like, so why I say it's interesting is it's just, it was an interesting experience. Like, if you, like, I'm sure you've seen one of those games where it seemed like the rest were, ki- were both kind of arbitrary and incredible. Okay, the rest were both kind of arbitrary and incredibly strict, if that makes sense. Like, they didn't like you to they, – they would call all kinds of contact, but, like – and maybe I'm mixing this game up a little with the Lakers-Sixers game, but, like, they both had a similar feel. Where, like, on one end, they let you get mugged, and then they call it, like, a touch foul on the other end or, like, an anticipation foul. Like, uh, Texas spent most of the game with – like, this – because I right before the half, and right before the half, a bunch of their team was in foul trouble. They spent most of the game with dudes with three or four fouls. And, of course, at the end of the game, dudes started fouling out, of course, because, of course, they did because the refs were trash. And, like, the refing was kind of trash, just generally. Like, if memory serves, like, Oklahoma won, in part because, like, the entire, basically the, the entire team for Texas was in foul trouble by the end of the game. Um, but it, like, it was fun to watch. It was also weirdly frustrating, if that makes sense. It's like, I didn't quite get to see the, the players that I'd kind of hoped to see. Like, Coleman was, like, their point guard, Matt Coleman was in foul trouble most of the game. And he fouled out on a foul that, like, in slow-mo didn't look like he touched the dude. And it's just, eh. But it was a fun game. Same with, uh, Sixers, Lakers, other than, like, the flagrant on LeBron, which it was deserved, I guess, because, like, I'm, I'm trying to remember how it happened, but it was, like, Embiid went up, oh, and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You say it was deserved, he should have got flagrant two. Hmm? Like, he should have got flagrant two. Embiid went up, I'm protecting, and he fully extended his arms to push Embiid off balance. Uh, even if it wasn't intentional, the, 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 how they're calling flagrant ones or flagrant twos this year, that should have been a flagrant two foul, like, 100%. And I like I, I he got a figure one, but so for some of the fouls I've seen, the flagrant two's been called. That by far exceeds the expectation of what they've been 
considering honestly, they're all weak. I don't think it should have been. Mm. I think it, I think it should have been a favorite one. Uh, the Demar Derozan, excuse me, Demarcus Cousin, when he hit LeBron in the face, but he like barely hit LeBron in the face, and LeBron just full body collapsed to the ground, and Demarcus Cousin or uh, Demarcus Cousin got kicked out of the game. That shouldn't have been that that, 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 that shouldn't have hit that limit, but it's the way they're calling the game this year. So that full extension towards Joel Embiid should have been a figure too. That's fair. Um, but like it was also one of them games where it was just like the calling, like the refing, his well, really at all levels, the refing has seemed weirdly inconsistent this year. Like you'll let dudes get mugged and then like call touch fouls. And sometimes you'll do that for the same team. And I don't know. I'm going to end up being one of those guys. Man, take it back to the 90s. We could really swing on people. Like, you know, you'll you, you be hearing people, oh, hey, talk about that. I'm not even, I'm just like, my thing is just like, if you're going to, like, call it consistently. Either call every little thing or, like, let them play just a little bit. But, yeah, that's. I mean, I just don't like the rule now is, like, if you swing at the air, you get an automatic technical if you're mad. I think that's the stupidest thing of all time. Like, I really do. Like, if, you, like if you're angry, you have to pretend to not be angry even though you're getting paid millions of dollars. Like, like if you foul a game or a trash call gets called against you and there's more of an opportunity for you to foul the game, you're, that, 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 that's, that's, stats are going to go down. If stats go down, money can be lost in the future. Uh, and this goes from like superstars to like even like the everyday basic players, right? So the calling of the ref will hit your financial books because at the end of the day, this is your job. And for them to expect you to not react after a trash call is obscene to me. And I think it's getting too far. It's going too far to an extent. Like, the refs, yes, they need control of the game to an extent, but they're not overseers, you know what I mean? Like, like they're just referees, and let the players react. I think, the, but, like, the way they've been doing, doing it this year is kind of, it's just too much, and it's reflecting in, you know, DeMarcus, DeMar, oh, not DeMar, I was like, said DeMar, DeMarcus Cousin, already has, like, a crazy amount of tentacles for how many uh, games have been played this year. If you look at some of the things he's been tossed out on and some of the things he got tentacles on, it's like, that's a tentacle? Like, like that's a tentacle? And also, it goes into, like, his reputation. And I'm like, this man's been out for an ACL tear or whatever it is, a key, whatever. He's been injured for, like, two years straight, and he's still got a reputation with the referees. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't like the officiating at all this year. I guess it's, I guess that's, like, to some of the point. Like, it's inconsistent like Calvin has said and it's yeah it's just been bad overall um like on that note what I will say as far as like games for the week um tomorrow Tennessee and Ole Miss I'm watching it mostly because I want to see Tennessee Ole Miss isn't anything to write home about they're probably no no there are better games I just wanted to see like what this Tennessee team looks like um Wednesday Phoenix uh versus New Orleans because I, I want to see Phoenix, and hopefully New Orleans has uh, Williamson. 
Like, I'd like to see him play. He only missed one game this year. It is because of a, of a exposure to COVID thing. It would be, it would, that would be the one game I actually tried to watch with, with them. Because I, I tried to watch one like a couple weeks ago. And yeah, he was, he was out. It's just, <laughs> um, women's game, South Carolina versus Auburn. Again, see South Carolina. I don't really care about Auburn. Well, the SEC women's supposed to be pretty good. Um, and on Saturday, Golden State versus uh, the Mavericks, which will probably be fine if nothing else. All right. And uh, for anybody out here for high school basketball, February 4th, ESPN is having like a full day of events. We got like Sunrise, Arizona Prep, so Tartal Washington, Kennedy Chandler, uh, Mount Burke, all their NBA, future NBA players as on there is is going to be a good one on what, Thursday? Three days from now, Thursday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what did you say, Cal? I'd have to catch some of that and just for everybody, watch um, the Sunrise game because Chandler is amazing. But, like, y'all probably won't pay him any attention. Just look at his box store after. Just Yeah. Just enjoy the game. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew, and these fine gentlemen. Go ahead and sit on now. Uh, once again, Calvin Gowan, um, it's always a pleasure to be here. You can, of course, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, you know, like, share, and subscribe. You know, leave something in the comments. Um, and, you know, go out, watch some basketball, enjoy it, and laugh at people's god-awful takes on the internet. Was it point to me as in, like, to go, or was it, like, are my takes awful? <laughs> oh, no, you're, no, this is about you. Oh, I was about to be like, dang, Alan, <laughs> what happened to you? Um, uh, go Chiefs, go Chiefs, go Chiefs. I know this is a basketball podcast, but... We got to big up our uh, hometown Chiefs, Calvin. You're not in this. We got we to big up our Kansas City Chiefs for the Super Bowl this week. Um, no, we have a crazy good quarterback. <laughs> like, that's all I got to say about that. And Tyreek Hill is the truth. And Travis Kelsey, he's like a, he's like one of those like Eminem types. Um, if, you, if you get it, you get it. Um, but, yeah, uh, keep on listening. Keep on listening. Hopefully you will. Uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you know about the Traveling Hoopers podcast because we are traveling into your homes as well as your hearts. Uh, I just like to throw out here, I'm I'm not a Kansas Chiefs fan, but I am a Tom Brady hater. So Kansas, Kansas Chiefs? I don't know. I don't, I've never heard of Kansas Chiefs. Kansas. Whatever. Screw it. <laughs> The Titans got knocked out a while ago anyway, and I don't really watch them for real. But, yes, I'm a Tom Brady hater. That's all I'm trying to say. So, okay. yes. yes. Tom Brady wore a MAGA hat. Remember that. <laughs> Y'all hate greatness. I just hate MAGA people. Oh, just-